Welcome back to another episode of an Athletic Life podcast. I'm your host, Schneef. We have episode six, very special guest, QB1 for North Dakota State, Cam Miller. Cam, how you doing? I'm doing well, Schneef. How are you? I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, this was by request of a fan, so I'm glad we could get this done. We have a couple questions for you. We want to hear your story, get your story out to Bison Nation and the fans. What made you fall in love with football? Well, you know, I originally am from... I'm from a small town in Iowa called Solon, and um, my dad was the head coach there, and that kind of sparked the love of the game for me. Um, You know, after school, when I was in first and second grade, I would walk from school to the practice field, and I'd stay until practice was over, and I was always around those guys, and I just wanted to be one of them, and just seeing some of the athletes that my dad had coached go on to the next level kind of sparked my interest in wanting to play D1 football. Yeah, you know what they say, uh, you know, in small towns, football's all you have, right? Mm-hmm. For some of those old guys, you know, who sit there and talk about football or talk about their time when they were playing and they support you guys on Friday nights. And small town football, it's special to not only the kids, but the community as well. And so it's it's great to see guys come out of small towns and have success at another level, at the, you know, Division One level, Division Two, II, Division Three, whatever it is, just to play football at the next level. It's always fun to have that sense of pride in your hometown. You're a competitive guy. We know this. We've seen it, you know, at practice, on the field, in the weight room. Where does your competitive nature come from? Again, I think it comes from my dad. Um, I think he raised me the right way. Um, You know, he taught me valuable life lessons, like, you know, never taking a game for granted. And, you know, even in practice, making the most out of every opportunity. And I think that's kind of where that comes from um you know I mean I used to have basketball tournaments where I wouldn't play my best and I'd get in the car and I'd be like oh no I know something bad's gonna happen my dad's gonna yell at me and I think that just kind of was like that just sparked that fire in me that I always wanted to to play at the highest level and always compete and kind of I just took a lot of weight of my family on my shoulders and I wanted to you know, represent my family in the right way every time I stepped on the field. And I think that comes out a lot in the way that I play now. Um, some good and some bad. Yeah, and when you have a, a you know a parent as a coach, it, it kind of puts that a little bit extra pressure on you to perform because you are going to be judged more harshly from fans than some of the other players on your team might mm-hmm. because your parent is the coach. And, you know, if you're getting the ball a lot or you're shooting a lot in basketball – there's that always the coach's son, blah, yeah. blah, blah aspect that, you know, every kid has to deal with if their parent's the coach. So to perform and to be competitive and be a good leader is extremely important and extremely valuable, you know, at the high school level and even at college if people are lucky enough to play for their parents. But it's just having that that competitive nature, it gives you a, an advantage over the rest of the kids who don't have that. Yeah, and I struggled with that my sophomore year of high school. Um, there was a quarterback – job opening basically it was a quarterback competition between me and two other kids and the one kid was a year older than me and the other one was a senior and I was a sophomore and um, I felt like I was a lot better than them and and my dad had told the coaches and you know most of the team that for Cam to play he has to clearly be better than the other two guys and when I had started the first game I, I think I had 60 yards passing it was terrible I was like 
five for 12, 60 yards passing, it was bad. And there was a lot of people in the community that were saying, oh, Cam's only playing because his dad's the coach, he's not good and all that. And so I think that's really what kind of sparked my fire too in high school, just being so competitive was I just wanted to prove those people wrong. You know, I just wanted to show everybody that, that I was good enough. Yeah. And with that, you're going to have a target on your back at a young age. And that sometimes can be hard for, for younger kids to deal with, but it seemed like it worked out well for you. You're playing college football. When did you realize that you wanted to play quarterback in college? When, when was that, you know, a goal that you had set for yourself? And when you realized that you can achieve that goal? I thought that I was going to play baseball at the college level for the longest time until I was probably a junior, halfway through my junior year is when I started to get some interest from um, F- FCS schools. Um, but no, I wanted to play baseball um, and I wanted to pitch at the next level because throughout my entire high school career, I was I was pretty good at baseball and there was coaches that were coming to watch me play. And that's really where a lot of the interest came from were baseball scouts. So... Um, but I always felt in my heart that football was the sport that I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. But I think with the attention that I was getting from baseball coaches, I was like, well, maybe this is my best sport, my best opportunity to play. Um, but then these coaches were asking me to come for football visits and, um, you know, come to some camps. And I think that's really where I was like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You realize that was a real possibility to play quarterback at college and mm-hmm. be at the helm and be in control of everything that goes on that comes with the quarterback position. That's got to be exciting, but also challenging to think about if you're a junior or a senior in high school and you realize the role that comes with it. How did you think you'd be able to handle the, the pressure so easily like you have handled it at NDSU? I don't think you really realize it until you're in it. I think when you're in high school, you think everything's going to be green grass and roses and everything's going to be awesome. You have, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be a quarterback on a division one team. You're going to be on full scholarship. All this stuff is great until you get there and you're doing the work and everything that, you know, everything that you have to do is challenging day in and day out. And I didn't realize that until I stepped foot on campus. I'm like, okay, this is real. Yeah, it's real. And you, you kind of get thrown into the fire a little bit, thrown to the wolves, however you want to say it. There, it's a big challenge to be a quarterback. You have to know a lot of stuff. You have to know how to read a defense, figure out what coverage they're in. You have to know every single check that the offense has, every single cadence that they have. You have to know, you know, protections from a pass standpoint, when to change them, when not to. So to teach a, a young kid that, a 17, 18-year-old kid, that can be challenging. But, you know, when you came into NDSU, you played early on in your career, and it seemed like you were handling that well. Um, being at NDSU, was that your best offer, your best opportunity? You know, you talked about you had some, some college baseball looks, but mm-hmm. what other opportunities did you have from what other schools? Why was it NDSU? My first offer came from Northern Iowa, and that was – in the spring of my junior year before any camps or anything they had offered me. And I just, I didn't feel like it was a good fit for me. So I wanted to keep looking. I didn't want to pull the trigger and decide to go there. Um, So I was going to attend a few camps in the summer. I went to North Dakota State, South Dakota State, 
uh, K-State and UNI and then Iowa's camp and just see what I got out of that. And then um, I went on a junior day visit actually to North Dakota State and I remember we were sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings, my dad and I and one of my high school teammates and his dad. And I told my dad, I said, if I ever get an offer here, I will pull the trigger immediately. This is this is the best fit for me. And I had been there for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Met the staff, everything. I just fell in love with it immediately. And I had told him, I'm like, Dad, this is where I want to be. He's like, okay. Well, then, you know, you fast forward three months to camp. And I I thought I performed terribly at camp. And I didn't throw the ball well. I actually called my dad toward the end of the camp. I'm like, Dad, you want to just come and pick me up? It's not even worth staying here. Like, I I did terrible. They're not going to offer me. Let's just go home. And about five minutes after that call, Coach Heber comes up to me and he said, Hey, Coach Hens wants to meet with you in his office. And I was like, all right. And then they wanted me to bring my parents there too. So I called my dad up again. I'm like, hey, don't come pick me up. Just come to the Dome we have a meeting. <laughs> it's it's funny to see how fast things can change, mm-hmm. especially with the recruitment process. And you never know what's going to happen. There's 13,000 different scenarios. And when you could end up on a roster or where you couldn't end up on a roster. And just to have that, that ability to get through that time where things were hard, where they were difficult, where they weren't looking out for you. Mm-hmm. And then just flip the switch and say, I'm going to do it again. Here we are. We're going to start over and we're going to do this thing. And to be a quarterback at North Dakota State, there's been a lot of great quarterbacks here. Recently, they've had Brock Jensen, Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, Trey Lance, you know, even Zeb Nolan who did his time here. And mm-hmm. How often do you stay in contact with those guys, or have you talked to them about leadership or how to play the position, you know, the guys that have laid the groundwork before you? You know, I think the quarterbacks that have played here before me have done a really good job of reaching out to me, making sure – that I have everything that I need. Um, you know, like you said, tools to be a leader, tools to be a good quarterback here, and what I need to do to continue to keep this tradition and culture going in this program. Um, you know, I always look forward to every time we have the alumni event down in Frisco, you know, talking to Brock Jensen. He's he's just been such a great mentor for me, and I remember he had called me after we lost to Sam Houston in the spring season, and he said, hey, like there's going to be there's going to be bumps in the road but it's just how you respond and how are you going to lead this team from now on is there going to be a quarterback in the country that's going to outwork you and he goes this is your team now and you need to do everything in your power to get us back to being on that stage and those are words that I'm you know that I'm going to carry with me until I'm done here yep and we we talk about that year in Sam Houston you didn't redshirt that year but COVID granted you another year of eligibility, so it somewhat fills that red shirt. Are you going to plan on using it, or is this your farewell tour? That's the plan. I, I think there's a lot of business that needs to be taken care of um, until I'm done here. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like I still have a legacy to leave here. I feel like I haven't done enough where I can say, okay, I think I've done I've, I've, you know, I've done my time here and I can, I can move on to the next stage of my life, but I think I still need two more years to show everyone what this team is capable of. Yeah. Bison Nation, you heard it. You got two more years of Cam Miller at the helm, QB1. 
we talk about your, your future and you haven't left your legacy here and it's not over. Does your future involve the NFL? Would that be something that you are actively pursuing? I think that's everyone's goal. If you're playing at the, you know, at the Division One level, it's always what's next. Yeah. You know, um, so that's always been a dream of mine since I was a little kid, and I feel like I'm taking those steps to reach that goal now. And um, you know, I think personally speaking, I, you know, my size might not be in in NFL quarterback size I might not have you know the arm strength to play in the NFL and some of those intangibles that you need to play in the NFL but like we talked about earlier I think the competitiveness and some of the other aspects that I bring to the table could really you know help me reach that goal yeah and there are tons of guys who don't live up to the measurables you know the NFL scouts are looking mm-hmm. for that turn out to be great NFL quarterbacks and players and they say Kyler Murray was too small Kyler Murray's doing just fine in the NFL. Um, you, you know, there's guys like that that they on the charts don't seem to be what NFL players are, but then they, they do things better and, you know, they study harder, they figure out the playbook quicker, they, they do all these extra things that make them great leaders and great teammates, and ultimately that gives them an opportunity to, to play in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, we have a, a pretty good fan base at NDSU. I think you would agree with that. Um, some the best fans in the country – What's the loudest game in the Fargo Dome that you've ever been a part of? James Madison in 2021, the semifinal game, I think by far was the loudest game that I've been a part of in the Fargo Dome. It was rocking. Hunter Lipke show, Destin yes. Telbert, Sports Center interception at the end of the game. The loudest the Dome's ever been. I can also agree. I would say that is it. Um, about yourself as a quarterback, what do you do well? What's your strong suit as a quarterback? I think I see the field really well. And to be a quarterback, obviously your eyes can't be on the defensive linemen that are trying to sack you. So I feel like my surroundings are at a very high level. I know where the pressure is coming from. I know when to step up into the pocket, when when to abort the pocket, and when to take off and run. I feel like that's probably... My strongest suit as a quarterback is just knowing the surroundings. Yeah, and you you talk about you can't always be looking at the defensive line, or you're not going to be able to see your guys come open. How do you figure out when you have to leave? Is there that clock in your head, or is that a system that Coach Hedberg has set up for you guys, or is it all just based off your instinct that all right, I got to go? Some you know, it's not the play's not developed now. I got to run. I got to use my legs. I think there's a few factors that play into when it's time to tuck it and run, and. when to stay in the pocket. Usually the rule that we have in the quarterback room at NDSU is when you take two hitches in the pocket, then it's time, okay, either hit the check down or we're going. Or, you know, you have that three or four second clock in your head where you're like, okay, something's not right here. There's no way we can hold up for this long. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of start to panic a little bit and, you know, want to make something happen with your feet. Yeah, and when when that panic does set in, how do you – regain focus and try to extend the play and figure out what what's going to happen from there once you're starting to roll out of the pocket it's funny you ask that I think you know we just talked about some of my strong suits I think something I can work on definitely is keeping my eyes downfield mm-hmm. looking back on some of the games we had played last year there were guys that were coming open as I was trying to scramble so just you know keeping my eyes downfield and not taking off too soon 
um, letting routes develop a little bit more is something that I need to work on. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about. It was what's one area of your game that you're trying to improve this offseason and how are you working on it? So if there's something else or how are you working on not getting out of the pocket so quickly this offseason? Well, I'm actually going down over spring break to train with Tony Rassiopi in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm going to go there and then I'm going to go out to New Jersey and train with him again in May. And we're going to we're going to work all the stuff that I feel like I need to improve on, like staying in the pocket, having better footwork. Um, using my eyes to move defenders, all that kind of stuff I think I need to improve on. And, and, and you know, that just comes with game experience and practice reps, and I've had a lot of it, but you can never get enough. You know, you think about Tom Brady, he made huge strides each and every year that he was in the, in the NFL, and that's something that I think is going to come along with you know, playing. Yeah, you mentioned Tom Brady. A guy that I think about staying in the pocket is Ben Roethlisberger. There's a funny video that comes to mind. Uh, they're in OTAs or training game. Yeah, yep. yeah. They're trying to teach the rookies how to avoid a defender while inside the pocket. And he's he's purposely going to try to hit the bags as they're coming at him. So that, that's kind of funny to me that we talked about that. Um, that's just a video that pops into mind. And you see you know, guys in the NFL are still working on it. It's something that you can always get better at. Um, do you have a favorite game as a Bison that you know maybe you played really well or a game that you didn't play in that you were just a part of that was really fun to be a part of? I thought the Arizona game this year was my favorite game. I know we didn't win, but I just felt like the atmosphere, it just felt like there were spotlights on you. You, you know, we were, we were playing on Fox Sports, and um, there was, a I think, 45,000 people there, and... We were in the desert. It was just awesome. Nighttime kickoff. Nighttime, yes. I think that probably was my favorite game when it comes to an atmosphere. But I would say, like, performance-wise, my favorite game would be, I think, South Dakota. When we played South Dakota in 2021 in the Fargo Dome, I think I, I was, like, 19 for 21 or 22. I had 200 and... 20 yards passing, that was fun. Or um, the UND game this year when I had five rushing touchdowns, that was... That was incredible to watch. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. It was a great atmosphere, that game in the Fargo Dome, too. Mm-hmm. Whenever UND comes to town, you know Bison Nation's going to show up and yes. really support NDSU. Um, a little bit about NDSU. What are your impressions of the new indoor practice facility, and how will that help advance the recruitment for NDSU for you know guys to come in the future? We're just so fortunate to be in such a great program and have such great support, um, you know, from donors, from the administration, everybody, you know, from from Matt Larson, the AD, to you know Coach Ence, and we're just so fortunate to have such a great facility that we can use whenever we want. There's not a lot of I don't think there's an FCS school in the country that has a facility like that. So um, I'm just very grateful that we're not going to practice outside. I don't think you could practice outside in North Dakota. I mean, Certainly not right now. <laughs> no. And the bubble, too. I mean, when we practice in the bubble, you probably add 20, 30, yeah, probably 30 degrees to whatever it was outside. So if it was negative 10, it was 20 in the bubble. So yeah. it's still... Still wasn't very warm, so. And to have this full complex that allows you to transition from indoors to outdoors when it, you know, it does allow in a, you know, snap of your fingers, 
it's going to be really good for NDSU not only to practice inside when they need to, but when they are playing outside, they can go outside and work in the elements and you know practice with the yes. wind, the sun, anything that would happen in an outdoor game when they're not playing in the Fargo Dome. And just to allow them to transition back and forth will be really beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have a welcome to college football moment? college football moment I wouldn't say it happened in practice I'd say it was in a game um I was the first snap I ever had was against southern Illinois in the spring season when we got beat down there Hmm. and the coaches had told me you might get a few snaps in the quarterback run game like you know just be ready and the first series went by I didn't go in and then Zeb got on the headset, and Coach Hedberg had told him, like, hey, Cam's going to take a few snaps this next series. And I'm like, what? I was freaking out. Nobody had told you. Nobody had told me. And I'm, like, on the sideline with my with my helmet on, and I'm like, don't put me in. Don't put me in. And then they had called the personnel package to put me in, and I'm jogging out there, freaking out. And I'm looking across the ball right before the snap, and I'm like, these guys are huge. So I would think that would be my welcome to college football moment, and I got drilled on that play too. So When reality sets in, it's your time to step up, yes. make a play, and you look across the line, and you see all these you know, these defensive linemen who are just you know, itching at the bit to come and get the, this new quarterback who's Freshly. in the game. Yeah. Absolutely. That's kind of you know, all the, the questions we really have for you, but is there anything you want to say to Bison Nation? What can they expect out of this next year's team out of you, the floor is yours. Well, I know that this last season wasn't exactly how everybody wanted it to go. Um, we all were hoping for a national championship again this year, and and it didn't happen. And I think a lot of the team and a lot of the coaches are blaming themselves for not winning that national championship, but... You know, it's a part of life. You know, you're going to fail a few times, but it's just how you respond. And this team has a lot of fight, and we're going to come back, I think, better than ever. Um, we've faced some adversity, you know, this off season with people leaving in the transfer portal. You know, we had some injuries last season. and um, But I think that's where Bison Pride comes into effect. You know, everybody leaning on each other when it matters and I you know I just get so excited to go to work with these guys each and every day and just to have such a great fan base that is always behind us and always has our back um, no matter if we win or lose um, I just want to thank you guys for all that you have done for this program it means a lot there you have it Bison Nation QB1 Cam Miller episode 6 signing off Thank you for listening, taking time out of your day to to support the podcast, and we'll see you next episode soon. Thank you.